Sowing in Health and Wellness is brought to you by Freedom Gate Church, where it is their passion to advance Christ's kingdom and disciple the generations. Freedom Gate is located at 104 Tennis Center Drive, directly behind Pioneer Chevrolet in Marietta, Ohio. Sunday morning services begin at 1030 a.m. Find more details on the web at freedomgatechurch.net. Soaring in Health and Wellness is also brought to you by Mountaineer Chiropractic, located at 2108 Camden Avenue, Suite D, Parkersburg, West Virginia. For more information, go online to mountaineercairo.com. If you'd like to be a sponsor or help support Soaring in Health and Wellness podcast, please go online to eagleswayministries.org and select Patron Page in the top menu bar. Hello, and thank you for listening to Soaring in Health and Wellness with Dr. Stephen Wells. Dr. Wells is a chiropractic physician with a passion to help individuals reach new levels in health and wellness. Dr. Wells has been involved in the health and wellness field for over 30 years. Dr. Wells received his Bachelor of Science degree from Oral Roberts University in Tulsa, Oklahoma, with an emphasis in health and exercise science. He received his second Bachelor of Science degree in general sciences, along with his Doctor of Chiropractic degree, with honors from Palmer College of Chiropractic in Davenport, Iowa. Soaring in Health and Wellness is a tool to help educate individuals reach new levels in health and wellness and a passion to live with a sense of purpose and vitality. Dr. Wells and his guests, ranging from doctors of all areas of health care to educators, nurses, personal trainers, counselors, and pastors, will discuss and inform you on how to improve in all dimensions of wellness from a biblical worldview perspective with one goal in mind, seeing you soar towards optimal health and wellness. If you're ready, let's get started with today's program with your host, Dr. Steve Wells. Good afternoon and welcome to Soaring in Health and Wellness. Uh, before we get started with today's program, I wanted to go over a couple things as far as my sources that I use. And those sources are Health the Basics by Rebecca Donatelli. Uh, we also use Total Fitness and Wellness by Powers Dodd and Jackson and Connect Core Concepts in Health by Insul Roth and Insul. Another book we'll be using today, uh, probably quite a bit of, is Healthcare You Can Live With by Dr. Scott Morse. Uh, in our previous shows, we discussed lifestyle behaviors and their effect on our overall health and well-being. Our guest, Dr. Huber, noted in his book, Essentials of Physical Activity, of all of the contributors to health and disease, lifestyle represented 50.3%. My discussion with medical doctor Hannah in regards to life expectancy, we noted that life expectancy had increased dramatically, premature deaths from infectious diseases decreased, as a result, the leading cause of death shifted to chronic diseases such as heart disease, cancer, and chronic lower respiratory diseases such as chronic obstructive pulmonary disease, emphysema, chronic bronchitis, and that was brought by K.D. Koshnick with National Vital Statistics Report. The Centers for Disease Control and Prevention noted that chronic diseases are the leading causes of death and disability in the United States. And indeed, they're responsible for seven out of 10 deaths. Furthermore, Dr. Huber described that chronic degenerative diseases are primarily diseases of lifestyle. Dr. Huber goes further and noted that life insurance companies reported that 83% of deaths before age 65 could have been prevented with a healthy lifestyle. Studies at the University of Tennessee and at Massachusetts General Hospital revealed that lifestyle was a major contributing factor in more than 78% of the hospital missions. In improving our health behaviors not only comes through lifestyle management, but all comes through the power of prayer, God's mercy, his strength, and God's love for us. So today's guest, I'd like to introduce Pastor Jim Hodges. Pastor Hodges is the founder and president of FMCI, which is Federation of Ministers and Churches International. They are a multi-generational network of ministers, churches, marketplace leaders, intercessors, and worship leaders. FMCI emphasis are spiritual awakening, reformation of the church, and cultural transformation. The Lord had put Pastor Hodges and his wife, Jean, into my life and my brother and sister as well as mom and dad life. Basically, back in 1980, when my dad was called to Christ for the Nations, which was a Bible college in Dallas, Texas. And that's where my relationship with Pastor Hodges and his family had begun. And so I'd like to introduce my friend, my former pastor, Pastor Jim Hodges. 
Hey, thank you, Dr. Stephen Wells. It's a blessing and joy to share with you today and, and the listeners uh, to your podcast. Hey, we go back a long way, don't we? But <laughs> yes, before we, we uh, pick up on that little journey, I was thinking of this. How fitting, uh, Stephen, and I'll use your name and leave off the doctor and the last name just for shortness of time, maybe. But I'm just amazed, uh, number one, how our historic relationship has uh, has blessed us and our, our family and our ministry. So I want to thank you guys for that. Your, your parents, of course, part of our leadership team, the church in Dallas. And so we've tracked with you through the years. And I'll tell people you're my favorite and best chiropractor. The only <laughs> problem is you live too far away. Texas well, and West Virginia is just not close, right? <laughs> but uh, but you you bless me in that regard. But it's amazing, isn't it, Stephen, that your last name's Wells, and here you are in the wellness. I mean, go figure. <laughs> and uh, and the biblical word, of course, as you know, is shalom, which means well-being, uh, nothing missing, nothing lacking. And that, of course, is promised to us through that relationship with God you mentioned uh, through Christ. But uh, just briefly in my uh, background, uh, you know, I'm from West Virginia, uh, born, raised there, uh, pastor of a church in Bell near Charleston, uh, went to Dallas with uh, my wife and uh, my two daughters in 1974, and landed at Christ for the Nations, where I've been invited to come and teach, and did that for uh, about 10, 12 years before I took a pastor there in the Dallas area. And in uh, 1988, the network I now lead, which is Relational Alliance, it's not a domination per se, but it's uh, simply a, an alliance of ministers in all fields of life, not just behind the pulpit, but in all aspects of life uh, who have a kingdom worldview and a biblical worldview and who are here to try to make a difference. And so... Uh, that began 1988, so this is our 30th year, and that's kind of amazing when you look at it that way. And we're blessed to walk with great friends. And I think that's part of the journey you're leading people on, how to come into the wellness that's available in every fast of life, spiritually, emotionally, physically, etc. You know, that, that there's a journey, and that journey, of course, has different factors that help us succeed. And one of them I'm sure you'd agree with is having some good friends to walk with, uh, to encourage us, to help us, um, and uh, really kind of keep us accountable to what's in front of us. So anyway, uh, I'm going to go over talking here, but that's just a brief introduction. I'm still active. Uh, Lord's grace me like your your parents are still very active and they're my heroes. I'll, I'll tell you that all the time. <laughs> I always enjoy this with him because it gives me the opportunity to talk to somebody uh, older than I. But anyway, uh, thank you for inviting me on today, uh, Stephen, and we'll have a good time. All righty. Well, I tell you what, uh, we are really blessed to have Pastor Hodges with us. You talk about a person who has a very busy schedule, and when he said that he'd be a part of our program, I was tickled to death and really I couldn't have asked anybody better to open up this um, this series. And this series that we're ready to go on is basically how to improve our health behaviors or changing our bad habits. And um, so this could be a, uh, anywhere between a two to three week series, but I'm glad that we're starting off on the right foot with Pastor Hodges. So again, thank you. And Pastor Hodges, um, if we do have pastors or leaders out there that want to become part of the FMCI, is there a process or is there a website that they can go on uh, if, they, if they have questions? Sure, uh, Stephen. Uh, the website is simply uh, fmci.org. FMCI stands for Federation of Ministers and Churches International. And the word federation is from the biblical word Hebron or Hebron, choose your pronunciation there in the Old Covenant, which just means uh, federation, covenant, or league. So, and we're, we're a network of ministers, but also churches, and uh, we do reach uh, into different nations. So the website has 
pretty much up-to-date information, and uh, we try to update it often. And then it has on their uh, application form. We we do like uh, paperwork on people, so we get to know them better. But we like to build our network relationally, so uh, we don't have people join and then they're forgotten. We do return our phone calls and texts, and we're not perfect at it, but we we're faithful to to communicate the best we can, not just with our office administrator, but with me personally. And so we're we're, out, we're always open, and we've had some join us. Probably every year we've been in existence, and uh, we're not so big we can't keep it relational, but I believe we're, we're big enough to make a difference uh, in the earth and in, in the Lord's purpose. So thanks for asking. Mm-hmm. Just simply www.fmci.org. My administrator's name Dawn D A W N, and uh, she manages uh, a lot in the office, our administrator, etc. But anybody have any questions for me personally, I'm more willing to uh, to talk with them. Thanks for asking. Well, thank you. I tell you, uh, the way the program is going to go today is we're going to go pretty much from do, uh, two different perspectives as far as strategies that we can use into changing our bad habits or our bad lifestyle behaviors and so forth. Uh, one will be from a worldview perspective. Uh, medical approach, and so forth, and the other will be from a biblical perspective, uh, brought on by uh, Pastor Hodges. So hopefully you will receive quite a bit from this program. Um, as far as moving towards optimal health and wellness, basically means establishing healthy behaviors and working to overcome unhealthy ones. Uh, in Dr. Morse's book, Healthcare You Can Live With, uh, he basically knows that many people do want to help themselves, and I firmly agree But the point is finding that right starting point isn't always easy. We sometimes chase the wrong information because we haven't stopped to ask the right questions. Uh, Some of the questions is, if God wants wholeness for us as whole beings, what gets in the way of us experiencing it? Uh, What can I do to remove the obstacles in my own experience? Or what can I do to make myself healthier? Or what shifts do I need to make in my own life? And what kind of health do I want for myself? So basically, change starts with individuals, and change in your health starts basically with you. Uh, As we all know, change is difficult, and this is even more true with changing unhealthy behaviors. In Dr. Morris's books, like he kind of goes over the prodigal son, and I'm going to kind of have asked Pastor Hodges if he can give a brief explanation for those who may not be familiar with the story of the prodigal son. So Pastor Hodges, if you can kind of give us a brief explanation of that, that'd be great. Sure. Uh, Luke 15 records the story of the parable of the prodigal son. And of course, the parables about the main characters are, besides the prodigal son, uh, are the elder son and the father. And uh, the story, of course, is a, a parable which really gets right to the heart of uh, what you're seeking here. Uh, I think in our, our broadcast, our podcast today, and that is the prodigal son, for whatever reasons we might speculate, uh, chose destructive behavior. You know, he had everything he needed there in the father's house. And we know there was some maybe internal conflict with the elder brother. We know later on that was certainly true when the elder brother wasn't happy that he came back, was he? So what, however he got to that place, he just, um, and all of us have been in situations which can be discouraging, and maybe we feel left out or less than, But uh, and, and we make sometimes bad decisions when we're not uh, feeling the best or not even thinking the best. So he chooses to leave the, the, the father's house. Of course, he asked for some inheritance so he could sustain himself and takes off, you know, and of course gives himself to really destructive behavior. And he's, all the resources are gone that he had. And uh, the story, I think, is important for all of us because the scripture says that one day he came to himself. And I think that's a key for us to uh, to grow in life in every dimension uh, by coming to ourselves. We've got to face reality. And uh, when we face it, we're not going to be condemned by a loving father. 
right? Because that father was so glad, kept looking for him to come back. And the day when he did, he ran out to meet him. But the point is, we've got to come to a revelation of ourself, uh, as well as the Father. So knowing who God is, at whatever level we are in our life, but then getting a reality check on our own selves begins the journey back home, where there is provision, where there's uh, healthy relationships, where, where we can grow. So not to labor the story, the good news is he, he, the son was found. The scripture says he was lost, and then he was found. That's what the father said. That's why they were rejoicing, uh, despite the elder brother's uh, lack of enthusiasm when his younger brother came home. So it's a great picture, I think, and, and powerful. It's hard to forget uh, that story, I think, sets the stage for every life, because we've all been prodigal in some ways and at certain times but the day comes when hopefully we understand where we are we come to ourselves we see things as they really are see ourselves as we are and and rather than just staying away from help we go where we find help so uh, i'll just kind of stop there i think that's pretty much the bottom line uh, of the story well i tell you i appreciate that um, as far as uh, with uh, Dr. Morris, he kind of explains, um, we experience that moment of decision, as Pastor Hodges said, as far as the crossroads that we come to, as far as either health uh, or ill health. And uh, we may not realize the significance at that time. Uh, and at times, we may miss the opportunity to take the turn that leads to wellness, just as the prodigal son mm-hmm. missed his opportunity to turn back to the love of his father. And a lot mm-hmm. of times we look at as far as the easiest route is to keep going with old habits, something that we're used to. Uh, doesn't require mm-hmm. a lot to make a decision. We kind of can in that same rut. We continue to go around that same mountain, that same mountain back in the day as far as Moses. Um, but mm-hmm. after a while, we may never even notice the crossroads, like I mentioned, much less realize that we are capable of making a choice. And life is what it is, and as miserable as it seems at times, we settle into it. The problem with staying on that same road is that we fall into the same potholes again and again. Uh, Mm -hmm. We expend the same energy, climb out of the same holes. We are no further along on the road to anywhere, uh, no closer or closer to health. Uh, we lose sight of the fact that there's even uh, anywhere beyond the rim of the pothole we spend our lives falling into and climbing out of. And the more we do this, the more rooted the habit becomes and the less likely we are to break out of patterns that are far from healthy. And um, he goes more into a young man's wealth is certainly not the only obstacle that gets in the way of taking a turn in the good road toward health. And this is where Pastor Hodges can be contribute here also. Uh, a lot of times physical health can be caused by emotional or spiritual problems. Uh, sometimes the reasons run deep. Uh, Dr. Morris gave an example as far as a distance that 90% of women who are morbidly obese have been sexually abused. From their youth, they have heard messages that say they are less than valuable and have been shamed into believing that. And the effect shows up in their weight. He notes for them, the real question is not, how can I lose 100 pounds in the next 90 days? Uh, That wouldn't solve their problem. It would not make them whole. So dysfunctional family patterns run deep. Relationships disappoint us. Careers basically disintegrate or turn. Trauma turns life inside out. Engraved comforting habits rise to the surface, and we've taken the familiar road, even though we know it's full of potholes. Again, wellness starts in recognizing and naming the forces that keep us on the familiar road, afraid of taking a turn. Pastor Hodges, can you relate uh, mm-hmm. to that or kind of emphasize some of those points? Is that something you found when you were a pastor of churches? Yeah, absolutely. I was getting ready to say, uh, Stephen, that, uh, and I'll say this with some humor, but it really is, I believe, accurate. Uh, the ministry, and I'm I'm describing now ministry that's maybe uh, defined by my journey, because every believer has ministry, and we all know that. 
But for those who are called to lead a flock, a local church or a pastor, if you will, uh, that that occupation can be hazardous because uh, we know Scripture teaches, uh, believes in, and instructs us how to be changed uh, and, and presents a challenge for us to change. But most of us, I would say probably all of us, uh, you know, at times don't want to change. You know what I'm saying? We may know we need to, but hey, we're just not going to do it. Uh, I've had some family members years ago. Uh, uh, one of them was a, really a chain smoker, and and one day the doctor said to her, you know, if if you don't stop this, it's going to kill you. Well, this person stopped. It's amazing. And I know everybody can't do that. Mm-hmm. It's like cold turkey. I mean, this person, I guess, was stubborn enough to say, I'm going to quit this. <laughs> and, so, and so it made a big difference, of course, uh, in her health. So I guess we're back to the topic of change. And I, and I think what you said is, is very instructive because to present the need to change is not uh, condemning anybody. It's just saying, wait a minute, this change is good. It brings you out of uh, behaviors that can be destructive or shorten your life uh, into behaviors that can uh, lead you toward a more fulfilled and, to use a biblical term, abundant life. And so that that is that's very important. And I guess right, looking back at my life, which uh, has some years to it, I would say, you know, change happens. Change continues to happen, and change will ultimately happen. So change is here to stay, whether we kind of like that or not. And it's not to make us miserable, but it's to bring us into the full uh, potential of all God designed us to be, and 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 also a life that's abundant in in God's purpose and in relating to one another and serving Him on the earth. So maybe I can just say that much at this point. I don't want to go too long. I will maybe eventually, it's okay, Steve, get to the, the biblical word, which is one I think that does need some some definition. The biblical word for change is repentance, you know, and, uh, and repentance literally is defined as a change of mind. It does include a change of attitude and behavior. But it's really the metanoia word in the Greek focuses on a change of mind. And, of course, Scripture teaches that. that we're not to be conformed to the way everybody else around us thinks, but we're to be transformed by the renewing of our mind, you know, Paul said in Romans 12, too. So, and this is a lifelong process. It's a journey. Uh, nobody's arrived. Uh, but the important uh, thing, as you've said here, is, and the prodigal son illustrates this, take first step. Take, and how do you do this? One step at a time. That's mm-hmm. how you walk out a journey. And I think that's where we come in uh, to help one another, like you're doing through your practice as a doctor, chiropractor, but also your ministry now in helping us get aware uh, how, how all these things connect, they integrate. God made us as an integral whole, and everything affects everything else. So it's it's important that we see we need to change, that we embrace change, and then uh, believe for strength to take steps toward uh, change. I tell you, um, you're so right. And I'm kind of going to go off script here. But as far as uh, I know, I've talked to you earlier as far as change and uh, you brought repentance. But um, I just don't know how people can actually change is so difficult. And there's just got to be um, a greater source as far as believers, I believe, have an advantage that uh, we can pull from our source, which is God the Father, uh, to help us with this change. And it all starts with basically that relationship between God the Father, Jesus our Son, and so forth, uh, before true yes. change can actually take place. Yeah, that's excellent. And I would I would just say that because when I talk about the need to change, here's the difference I think uh, between those who teach the path toward better behavior 
uh, from just a medical psychiatric approach and those that teach from a biblical approach, uh, and these, by the way, don't need to be in conflict, but sometimes they are. The biblical approach says, okay, I know I need to change, but I'm really unable to pull this off. And how do I pull it off? Well, repentance basically begins uh, with an understanding or a revelation, like the particle son. He got a revelation of himself, and he probably got a remembrance of how his dad was toward him. So, so in other words, what, what, what this means is the reason I need to repent or change is because sometimes my life is not being lived according to God's perspective of life. And after all, he's a creator or he knows all about it. He's got the best plan. But I don't just automatically have that in me. So, I, so therefore, I've got to call on a source, obviously beyond my own, inner ability to desire or do or whatever and therefore god gives me a revelation not just of himself of course but a revelation of anything i need in my life to to change or walk in so when i see his perspective that leads me to a better way of life then i think i'm encouraged to cooperate now having said that I, I think there's a partnership to this change mechanism. We start with God. God's got to reveal, like I said, himself to us. But the other side of the coin is, you know, the thermostat for change in you and me is inside us. We control the thermostat. Now, sometimes we, we don't do a very good job controlling it, you know, but if we have God's perspective on things, his, his love for us, his grace for us, and mercy through Christ, and his empowering by the Spirit, then we're not pulling off this change by our energy and strength. We're saying uh, the God who never changes will enable us to change. And I think that's what we've got to come to. I think that's the core. Uh, else we're going to flounder and and as the literature you sent me said, we may fail, uh, we may flounder at times. It doesn't mean we give up, because uh, God's heart's the same toward us. But we've just got to begin to cooperate. I think that's the point. God takes initiative, okay? He shows us, reveals himself to us. Anybody that prays, God, reveal yourself to me, is going to get an answer. I'm telling you. And then reveal myself to myself, <laughs> you know, in case right. I don't know totally what I need and what I need to do. And it's just beyond habits. I mean, habits are there and they can be destructive or, or helpful, but it's beyond that. It's, it's an inner thing in our heart, our hearts. We call it the image of God, the Imago Dei. So whenever a person has that, whether they are embracing Father God or not, or embracing Christ or not, they have that in them. There's, there's something inside them, Paul says, that can respond to God. So, so we put responsibility on God, but that, that leads to our being responsible for change as we move forward. Right. I tell you, that goes along with what uh, Dr. Moore says, basically, is that change begins in meeting yourself where you are. Uh, mm-hmm. You admit basically what hurts, decide to take the turn that only you can take. And God's given us the freedom of choice. We can either choose uh, to ask him for help or we can try to do it on our own, uh, which really doesn't really go the way we want to. Uh, he basically states at his church health center, uh, he uh, has a statement that goes, your mother doesn't work here. Clean up after yourself. <laughs> uh, that's good. And, yeah, that's a good one. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah take responsibility. <laughs> yeah, take responsibility. And it says, no one else can change your level of wellness. You have to do that for yourself. He further notes mm-hmm. that change comes suddenly and may be outside of our control. And that can be relationally, economically, physically, uh, again, for mm-hmm. many reasons beyond our control, but also there can be a change. Uh, through life that's mm-hmm. not as, uh, you know, mm-hmm. as far as speedily, but it, it's more gentler. And before you know it, that change had affected our life. And he points out that, you know, you can look into a, a mirror it's like that. And all of a sudden you're 25 pounds heavier than you were 
uh, probably two years ago. And that's where I was as far as um, my lifestyle before I really started getting back into it. Uh, I jumped on the scale and I was 221, 222. I've never weighed 222 before. And I'm thinking, mm. how did I get here? <laughs> that's called oh, sedentary <laughs> lifestyle. <laughs> yeah, that reminds me, Stephen, when I was in Dallas, when we first moved down there, uh, I don't know how many of our listeners will like Mexican food, but we like it a lot. And we all we had back in Charleston, West Virginia, was Taco Bell. So we got to Dallas, and we were going crazy over good Mexican food. Well, mm-hmm. one of the restaurants that we like to go to mostly was located next door to Baskin Robbins Ice Cream. So I'm telling you, I gained something like 25 pounds, and I was just not even aware of it till one day I'm in school, and there was a video of, a, of another minister and I together and I looked at that and I leaned over and told my wife and said that guy beside Wayne Myers is fat and it is I mm-hmm. you know I didn't see myself finally I saw myself and said something got to be done about this so yeah I hear you and that's a practical illustration <laughs> you know another illustration uh, Stephen too would be this the challenge of change is, is found uh, uh, in some ministries we all know about. We've known about Teen Challenge for years, and then in the last 10 years, I've known about Addiction Recovery Care down in Louisiana, Kentucky with uh, Tim Robinson. Great ministry. They, they, they're they seeing tremendous results of people coming off addiction, be it alcohol or opioids or what have you. And, it's, and, the, and the difference is, and I'm not putting down other programs, but their program is so outstanding that the governor of the state, uh, who happens to be a, a believer, a brother in the Lord, uh, knows about Tim's ministry, and they are seeing absolutely phenomenal results. I mean, high percentage of people that go in the program, they can start with outpatient, they can start in a home where they have a home for, uh, for, for mothers, expectant mothers who may have babies that's going to be you know, exposed to uh, the drugs that the mother's been taking. They, they they cover every base, and they do the clinical, the medical, the spiritual, and they're having tremendous results. Uh, they're tr- they're getting people not only seeing the Lord as He is and themselves as they are, but seeing a future. And they train them for employment. Uh, I just can't say enough about them. That, but it, to me, I think it's important people know about this because they may be facing changes either like this or maybe some they're not that severe. But what you said is so true. It's the same, same principle, same steps, whether I'm in a situation that's severe or less severe. And so I just want to throw that out. There's really, there's really hope for. That's the whole point. Uh, yeah. th- there really is hope, no matter how, how severe the need to change is right i tell you what i'd like to have tim robinson on this program in fact i you might know. get the information from you and uh see if he'd sure. be willing to come on but uh i was awesome. thinking about that, that today after i got off the phone with you that man there's someone that deals with change every day seven days a yes. week yes. hours a day <laughs> so, yes 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 exactly yes. but as far That'd as great. i tell you is uh we're gonna go ahead and take a break and thank our sponsors Sowing in Health and Wellness is brought to you by Freedom Gate Church, where it is their passion to advance Christ's kingdom and disciple the generations. Freedom Gate is located at 104 Tennis Center Drive, directly behind Pioneer Chevrolet in Marietta, Ohio. Sunday morning services begin at 1030 a.m. Find more details on the web at freedomgatechurch.net. Soaring in Health and Wellness is also brought to you by Mountaineer Chiropractic, located at 2108 Camden Avenue, Suite D, Parkersburg, West Virginia. For more information, go online to mountaineercairo.com. If you'd like to be a sponsor or help support Soaring in Health and Wellness podcast, please go online to eagleswayministries.org and select Patron Page in the top menu bar. Welcome back to Soaring in Health and Wellness. Our today guest is Pastor Jim Hodges, and we've basically been discussing as far as changes that we can make in our lifestyle and uh, move forward to wellness. Uh, When it comes to our overall health, uh, the sense of wholeness of spirit, mind, and body being created and loved by God, you can choose change. 
the culture is full of messages that pull us away from joy and wholeness. And we've been discussing how God, um, as far as Christians or believers like that, can use them as a source to help them with change. Uh, I want to open up with uh, Rebecca Donatelli. She opens up with a survey conducted by Franklin Covey. And in this annual survey, they noted that 35% of people who make New Year's resolutions break them by the end of January. So in 30 days of making a New Year's resolution, you've broken it. All right. So we're going to try to help you how to keep that change, make that change and continue going towards optimal health and wellness. Uh, She further explains that uh, we have the most control over factors in just one category, and that's our individual behaviors or modified determinants. And those are things that we can control as far as exercise, diet, sleep, um, alcohol, cigarettes, stuff that we can control those determinants. Our chances of sexually changing negative habits improve when you identify a behavior that you want to change and then develop a plan for gradual transformation that allows you time to unlearn negative patterns and substitute positive ones. Uh, To successfully change a behavior, you need to see change not as a singular event, but instead as a process that requires preparation, has several steps for stages, and takes time to succeed. Uh, There's a couple... um, uh, studies that have been shown as far as models of behavior change. And one is the health belief model. And that's by psychologist I. Rosenstock. And you can find that in Historical Origins of the Health Belief Model. And he basically says the health model holds that several factors must support a belief before change is likely. And the three of those are perceived seriousness of the health problem. Uh, the more serious the perceived effects are, the more likely that action will be taken. Number two, perceived susceptibility to the health problems. And what is the likelihood of developing the health problem? People who perceive them at high risk are more likely to take preventive action. And then you have cues to action. A person who is reminded or alerted about a potential health problem is more likely to take the action. But the serious question is, is basically, why are so many people unable to change a behavior, even in the face of these serious threats? And there are four possibilities, and I'm going to have Pastor Hodges comment after these possibilities that I mentioned and see uh, what he may think some of the reasons may be. And those four possibilities is the addictive nature of the behavior makes it extremely difficult. Number two, Their culture or environment keeps them in a behavior rut. According to Rosenthal, some people do not believe they are susceptible to a severe problem and they act as though they are immune to it. And then finally, they also may feel that the immediate pleasure outweighs the long range costs. So, Pastor Hodges, can you kind of uh, elaborate on that or what is your thoughts? Well, that's uh, really comprehensive. Uh, let me do my, do my best here. I, I think I would boil some of those down uh, once again to the issue of taking uh, responsibility. And, and what I mean by that, uh, you know, we can describe the challenges we have, but no matter where we are, how deep the addiction or how discouraging things around us are, we still, because we're made in God's image, are built to take responsibility. And and within the word responsibility, of course, is the word response. And we've already talked about how we, all of us are responding at some level uh, to the God who made us. And, uh, of course, for believers in Christ, that, that responsibility and response goes to a, a whole new level. And uh, if I may go back for, for just a moment, the introduction of all these issues that we face today is way back, of course, at the beginning. And, and the point that sometimes I think people miss is that the first man, Adam, before he actually fell, um, you know, by breaking covenant and disobeying the word of God, he, he failed in his responsibility. 
you know, he before he, if you will, took the the horrible fall, so to speak. He he failed to simply be responsible, and uh, and that in itself was not necessarily a sin, but it opened the door to sin. You know, he should have protected his wife from having conversation with the enemy, right? Mm-hmm. He uh, could have taken her by the hand and. Even after she did what she did, and she was deceived, by the way, and he could take her over to the tree of life and, and redeemed her. Point is, even though Adam and Eve both experienced the fall, the New Testament it makes it clear that it's in Adam, not in Eve, that we all fell. So not to get too theological here, but I just wanted to mention that, let me put it this way, we may embrace or resist change, but we cannot fail uh, to make decisions in life. A no decision is a decision. I can make a decision to turn toward better behavior, or I can say, well, I'm not going to. Well, that is a decision. So somewhere along the way, uh, we have to take responsibility. I don't care how weak we feel, but at whatever level we can do it, God will honor that step. And by the way, one of your, your things talked about the culture environment. How about mm-hmm. this? Adam and Eve lived in a perfect environment. They had no excuse, basically. Right. <laughs> the problem was internal. No, Hello. It, it, that's <laughs> it. The, the internal thing in them responded to um, the perversion of God's word through the enemy's lie. So not to labor this, but I want to get back and say, uh, well, I'm I'm not going to make you change this. Well, but okay, but my come back to that is you are going to make a decision. You're mm-hmm. going to respond one way or the other. So in responding, hopefully you'll become responsible. I'll become responsible. Uh, that's the way I grow, you grow, anybody grows uh, in, in these ways. So let me just kind of cut it off there, if I may. Right. I tell you, it's basically as we change ourselves, we change our world, our own own world. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. We're not just mm-hmm. products of our environments, but we can be producers. Amen. So Amen. We can have that choice to to make that uh, change. Um, as far as, uh, again, with Dr. Morris, he kind of noted that health is a dynamic experience. And he kind of points mm. out with the right combination of energy and force, they must come together to produce a particular action or result. And uh, he basically emphasizes the starting point is understanding that we are body, spirit, mind, being created and loved by God. When we grasp this, we get a glimpse of the level of health or wholeness, well-being, connection to God and others that God means for us to experience. And he emphasizes uh, as we turn towards wholeness or wellness, uh, the virtues of Colossians 3, which basically surrounds us with compassion, kindness, humility, gentleness, patience, forgiveness, and love. And we receive these graces from God and more and more learn to give them to others and ourselves. And once we get that context, that's basically where change can succeed. And uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So he, uh, he does a great job explaining that. Um, and then you look at Powers, Dodd, and Jackson, uh, they basically say the key element to any behavior change is the plan, is the desire to change. Uh, Pastor yeah. Hodge, like you said, you got to want to change. You know, right. unless you have that desire, you know, mm-hmm. I think change is impossible. Yes, that's, that's part of that response mechanism. Mm-hmm. And it may seem like a very simple step, but you got to start there. You must, the prodigal son had to desire to leave the situation he was in and go back to where he knew it was better. Yeah. And when you're, you're, you're making that change, you really got to look as far as uh, you want to be sure that what you expect to gain will outweigh what you give up, you know? That's and when good. you see That's that and, and you look at the pros and cons uh, my uncle always did advantages and disadvantages be, when making a decision. So mm-hmm. when you look at a particular behavior, you have to see, first of all, that it's problematic and that you can change it. And that's by Ensel Roth and Ensel. All right. So before an individual can start mm-hmm. a changing a wellness related behavior, one has to know that the behavior is problematic, that it is causing a problem and that you can change it or with the help of God, you can change it. 
you need to examine your current health habits. Uh, basically asking, is this lifestyle that I'm living, is it affecting my health today and will affect my health in the future? Um, Mm -hmm. And we had to realize that health risks are very real. Uh, And they start out while we're young. And that's why the dysfunctional family who has issues, the children learn from their role models. And at that time, it's their mom and their dad. And um, so in uh, Dr. Morris's center, he starts kids out young, I think at the age like six, eight years old, as far as teaching them nutrition, teaching them um, just health uh, benefits and also proper choices. Um, So again, we're going to go basically through a couple of the things that um, Donatelli, um, but before we pick up, I want to, uh, we mentioned this before, and as Pastor Hodge has mentioned, uh, as far as, you know, uh, getting help or asking help from others, uh, it's incredibly hard to live a healthy life all by ourselves. And uh, Dr. Morris basically is convinced and he encourages at his health center um, that being healthy only occurs in the midst of a community. And that can be mm-hmm. your neighborhood, your family, your friends, your church mm-hmm. is very mm-hmm. important and vital. And having that family and friends and co-workers and fellow seekers basically to do everything necessary for help on your own, it basically they help you. Um, willpower is not enough. It's basically overrated. Um, and he says that mm-hmm. few of us have the innate ability to do everything necessary for health on our own. And that's where God comes in as far as um, what he says and gives us the strength. And there are several verses in the Bible that uh, relate to how God gives us strength to persevere. And as far as um, change and so forth, it uh, basically um, Philippians 4.13, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens mm-hmm. me, so forth. Yeah. And um So looking at, so family, friends are very vital into change. Um, And again, I want to get uh, Pastor uh, Hodges' input on that. And so if you can reflect. Well, just a strong uh, amen. Uh, I might back up one step because we've talked about the inner thermostat. We we have to desire change. I think the bottom line is, I'm going to lead up to your question, Stephen, is this. We can't change ourselves, but we can desire change. Mm-hmm. And when that when that mechanism kicks in, uh, because the God we serve, uh, the God of the Bible, has power that's released toward us through the Holy Spirit. But that's where it all starts, but it needs to be continued, sustained, encouraged, and I might even say further enabled by being in a community, uh, like you named it, could be family, circle friends, uh, and or a church, but some type of community where we call a support system, you know, support group. That's that's wonderful. I think that's very biblical. And uh, and the, we get inspired by seeing people change around us. And all of a sudden that helps us and encourages us to uh, keep on cooperating and making better, better decisions. So it's to me, it's both and right. Not either or it's, right. it's, it's individual, but then it becomes, if you will, corporate or collective, the strength and it's the strength of community is, is very powerful. And that's why we uh, look to our families as our initial community where we learn and, and grow and mature. And sometimes people don't have that blessing. Maybe they had a very dysfunctional family, but there's still hope for those who have that background because it's the same for all of us. No matter how good our environment was or how bad it was, we still have to desire change. So, right. I tell you, um, you know, I guess uh, people can use failures. We know the devil can use failures. And uh, mm-hmm. it's kind of interesting as far as and so often. And so they kind of say basically continue to reinforce of not letting past failures at behavior change discourage you. 
Okay. But mm-hmm. use your past failures as a great source of information you can use to boost your chances of future success. And they kind of encourage mm-hmm. you to make a list of the problems and challenges you faced in the previous behavior change attempts. And to this, add the short-term cost behavior change that you identified in your analysis of the pros and cons of change. Um, I always like to give action steps at the end of our program for people to kind of take and kind of see if they can kind of put in motion mm-hmm. as far as mm-hmm. changing some behaviors. And there's a couple here that I'd like to go through. And again, I'd appreciate your input. Um, mm-hmm. If you have any on those, these ideas as far as, okay. in this case, it comes back again from Rebecca Donatelli. And she says, number one, pick on specific behaviors you want to change. Trying to change too many things at once can be overwhelming. So pick one and work on changing that. Number two, assess the one behavior you wish to change. Figure out why it is important to you to change. If it doesn't feel important to you, then you'll have a hard time finding motivation. And it probably isn't a behavior you should address at that time. So you want to find a behavior that's very important to you for change. Number Mm -hmm. three, set achievable and incremental goals. By developing both short and long-term goals and by taking baby steps, which you mentioned before in the program, you improve your chances of accomplishing those goals and staying motivated to move forward for the next goals. Number four, you give yourself yourself rewards. Uh, Create a list of things that you would find rewarding and plan for giving yourself specific ones once you reach those specific goals. So reward yourself for accomplishing the goals that you set out. Avoid or anticipate barriers and temptation. I believe this is the key. Uh, We need to Mm -hmm. basically not put us in the environment where change Mm -hmm. is difficult to make. We need to avoid those barriers and those temptations, things like that. And by controlling or eliminating those environmental cues that provoke the behavior you want to change, you're making it easier for yourself to succeed at lasting change. And then remind yourself Mm -hmm. why you're trying to change. And then last, enlist the help and support of others. Other people can be major motivators for positive change, role models, and so forth. So those are some of the action steps that, again, as far as that you can take towards change. Oh, and again, don't be discouraged by lapses. A brief lapse doesn't mean that entire cause is lost. Reexamine your plan. Look for new strategies to motivate you and set some new short-term goals and get back right on the horse. So those are some action steps as far as taking towards chain. Um, I, I like that. To, you like you know, uh, on, let me give you an analogy right quick. Mm-hmm. If I got a moment here yeah. on the incremental goals, I like that, Stephen, because that keeps it real for us. For example, when I was in high school, we had a, a football coach. Uh, that came and he changed the whole culture of the team because the previous coach was always satisfied uh, when the offense gained three yards and a cloud of dust, you know, and then the new coach came in and he said, every play I'm giving you is designed to go for a touchdown. Now we know there's a goal out there. Let's say it's 90 yards away. Mm -hmm. We're on the 10 yard line. We'll make it a 20 yard line. He got the kickoff or whatever it is today, 25-yard line. But here's the point. Be be satisfied if you just make a game. You're getting the ball hit in the right direction. You're heading toward the goal. If you get thrown for loss, if you have a lapse, most of all, you get back in it. Your ultimate goal is way down the field. We know that. That's got to go down the score or kick the ball through for field goal. But but you uh, are succeeding if you just get two or three yards in a cloud of dust. You know, you'll make a first down in three plays and you'll keep on that. So I think it's important to have a long-term goal and maybe see that. And I, one of your writers talked about visualizing. I think that's mm-hmm. very good because that's, that's very scriptural. That's, that's prophetic. That's seeing things as they should be. So see yourself well, whole, and away from these destructive behaviors. But don't be discouraged if all you're getting is a couple of yards in a cloud of dust. You're still right. making progress. So I this is very you- practical, very good. Yeah. And you mentioned uh, visualization, but also a good point is the self-talk, you know, speaking positive, you know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, quoting mm-hmm, scripture, mm-hmm. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. And put those basically maybe on a refrigerator or uh, a bathroom mirror 
that you can see those encouraging uh, scriptures to kind yeah. of help push you forward and stuff like that. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and uh, make a closing statement. Here. Then I'm going to have Pastor Hodges close and uh, maybe do some other things. Um, but as far as, uh, again, and I use this this doctor because this is exactly what uh, he does. As far as uh, basically the need of model for healthcare, basically that encourages people to belong. Oh, I tell you, it, it it's so sad out there that people just are by themselves. They don't feel like they belong to any group anywhere. So it's very important again uh, to encourage people to belong with a church, uh, uh, friends, people they can associate with. Uh, whole life wellness rapidly climbs the chart when people contribute to a community and expand their own social network. Uh, he notes at his wellness facility that people come together and encourage one another in exercise, nutrition, support groups, and prayer, and health improves. Uh, you continue mm-hmm. with our lives are healthy when we link our uh, are linked to a source of meaning, such as God, and when we experience relationships that sustain us, nurture us, and point us to God over and over again. And if we are not convicted of this, we cannot take your health basically into our own hands. And if we do believe it, then we have taken the first step toward change. So, Pastor Hodges, any closing remarks? Well, I just want to say uh been a delight and a joy to share today. I've learned a lot, Dr. Stephen, listening to you, and uh, I, I just love to hear the reports coming forward as you move forward in this ministry. Uh, thank you for calling us in the body of Christ to be more alert to all of these situations, not just people around us, but people sitting in the pews, as it were, with these mm-hmm. needs. And uh, so I, I just look forward to, uh, to uh, keeping up with what's going on. So when you're ready for me to pray, I will. But I just thank you for today and the opportunity to be on with you. Well, I do appreciate that. And I had spoken to Pastor Hodges before, and uh, I I just think I would be remiss if I didn't have him pray uh, for our listeners uh, who have heard this, that are contemplating change, that need strength to change or encouragement, or even those that maybe not accepted their Lord as a personal Savior. And again, that's where change really, truly begins. So I'm going to ask Pastor Hodges if he would close us in prayer. And so Pastor Hodges, if you do that, be great. Thank you. Dear Father in heaven, we come today uh, through the name of your Son, uh, our Savior and Lord, the mediator between you and us. And today we come worship. We thank you that you have blessed us today with uh, communication that can encourage all of us to take our next steps in life and uh, overcome those uh, behaviors that harm us and move into uh, behaviors that align with your word and your purpose for our lives. We thank you most of all for your love today for every person uh, on this call, every person really on the planet. And I just today want to say, Lord, before you, that I ask for your full blessing and strength and grace upon every listener today. I say that there's grace for you uh, in your life to change. Uh, Through the name of Jesus, that grace, that enablement, uh, and that power is available to you. And I pronounce shalom over you today, well-being. Uh, that you will move into increasing uh, wellness and wholeness, which is the purpose of our God for his children. So we bless you today. Lord bless Dr. Stephen and those who work and labor in this ministry. I give them favor, I increase their platform, amplify their voice for such a time as this. And we thank you today for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, I tell you what, Pastor Hodges, I sincerely appreciate you taking your time out of your busy schedule. And hopefully, and I plan on making that trip in October to Dallas, Texas, and uh, be with you and your church. And again, if anybody wants to uh, look at his uh, organization, if you can just give uh, your website one more time for those that may have not gotten it, um, that would be great. Yes, uh, thank you, Dr. Stephen. It's uh, mm-hmm. 
dot fmci dot org. And we hope to see you, Stephen, there and bring your ministry materials. And we hope to see perhaps some of the folks that listen to this podcast. You never know. We're an open gathering. We're not closed. And you are more than welcome, all those who have listened to this podcast. So bless you. Thank you. All righty. Well, until next time, keep advancing towards optimal health and wellness. Thank you for listening to Soaring in Health and Wellness with Dr. Steve Wells and his guest. We would like to thank our sponsors, Freedom Gate Church, where it is their passion to advance Christ's kingdom and disciple the generations. Find more details on the web at freedomgatechurch.net. We would also like to thank Mountaineer Chiropractic. For more information, go online to mountaineerchiro.com. If you'd like to be a sponsor or help support Soaring in Health and Wellness podcast, please go to the web at eagleswaysministries.org and select a patron page in the top menu bar. If you or your business or church would like Dr. Steve Wells to speak at your church, special event, or conference, please go online to eagleswaysministries.org and select contact on the menu bar or send an email to eagleswayministries at gmail.com or call 304-485-6589. Until next time, think of Isaiah 40, 29-31. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow tired and weary, and young men stumble and fall. But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint.